All right. 14. And you tell him when he starts. And I ain't starting yet. Let me say a couple things. <laughs> number one. Number one, that was the most confusing way to pick numbers. That, really? I didn't get any of that. That's why he's the pastor. He keeps us all a little confused. That's a good way to do it. Number second thing I want to say is this. I, I, I got tickled. My mother would say she was tickled. Uh, listen to the guys this morning, especially that had signed up to preach, and they were all a little nervous. Amen. And uh, then I come back in at the uh, tonight, and a couple guys were sitting off to the side, and they were looking. I get that. I understand that. And uh, and I said something to my wife about it, and she said, uh, "Well, you nervous every time you get up there." And I said, "You better believe it." But it's a serious business. You open God's book and you have a period of time, whatever that might be, uh, to say something from God's book to a bunch of people that are very busy. It's important stuff. And if you ever get to where it's not, then get out of the way. We're not interested in hearing from you. Because you, you, know, you think you got this market cornered, you're a professional. We don't care about that. We want to hear from the Lord. Amen. Amen. Take your Bible, go to 1 Peter chapter 3. And uh, yes, you better stand. That really. First Peter chapter three, and okay, now I got to get it in my head. Um, Fifteen minutes. I wear a watch, and I never look at it. I'm looking at a nice big clock, and I'm wasting time. And I don't need to waste time. Um, I got something to say, uh, but I don't know what time I'm supposed to be done. So. He will ring the bell, and you have one minute left. You know, a little more notice now would be helpful. Amen. First Peter chapter 3 and verse 15. Read it with me. It says this. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Father, I love you tonight. Help me to say something that you can bless that will be a blessing to your people. And uh, we'll give you the glory for it, Lord. Uh, we promise. In Jesus' name I pray. Sit down. Hurry up. Sit down. Yeah, there's a lot there, and, uh, and I'm working on a message out of that verse, but uh, for tonight, for this occasion, uh, we're just going to look at the first part of the verse. You're going to basically get point one, uh, if it ever goes anywhere, and it may not, but it's, uh, it's uh, definitely what the Lord laid on my heart for tonight. It says in the beginning of the verse, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. Sanctify the Lord God in your heart. Now, that's a Bible word, sanctify. I never heard that word, I don't reckon, before I, I got saved. I mean, I grew up in a Methodist church many years ago. We used to talk about the sanctuary. I mean, I kind of know what the word means. But it's a Bible word. And here's what it means. It means uh, to consecrate. And uh, that's a Bible word, too. So let me give you some civilian words. Uh, to make holy, set apart for a sacred Purpose. Now, that's what the Bible means when it says the word sanctify. And in our verse, it says sanctify the Lord God in your heart. And so I'm going to give you my take on exactly what that means. And I'm pretty sure I got it nailed. Uh, to sanctify the Lord God in your heart is to make sure that he is on the throne of your life. 
Now, I'm not, uh, we're not talking about being saved. We're not talking about believing the Bible. We're not talking about loving Jesus. We're talking about to, if you're ever going to do what the rest of that verse says, to be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks a reason of the hope that is in you, and they sure need that. Amen. First thing you're going to have to do, first thing the verse mentions, is you're going to have to sanctify the Lord God in your heart. You're going to have to make sure that he is on the throne. That's why I love the singing about Jesus. Praise the Lord. You got the right topic, got the right main thing. The main thing to keep the main thing, the main thing. Beloved, tonight, sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. And let's just face it. He's got the right uh, to be on the throne of your life. First uh, Corinthians 6 says, if you're saved, you're not your own. You were bought with a price. The price is the blood of God, Acts 20, 28. Amen. And uh, so he's got every right to be on the throne of your heart. Let me give you some verses that'll back that up. Uh, it says in First uh, Timothy one or six in verse one, he is the blessed and only potentate. Amen. It's not a word I ever remember using on the street either. Amen. He is the one. He is the blessed and only potentate, the King of Kings uh, and Lord of Lords. Uh, Revelation chapter 1 and verse 8 says this, I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come. That pretty much sums it up, man. Amen. And then it says, the Almighty. Now, it looks to me like if he is the Almighty, and he is, He's got, uh, he's got a right to be on the throne of your heart if you accepted the gift of eternal life that came at such a great price. His only begotten son. Revelation uh, 17 and 14 says, uh, These shall make war with the lamb, and the lamb shall overcome them. I love that part. And, uh, for he is Lord of lords and king of kings, and they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. You know, we like to emphasize over in Hebrews, I believe it's Hebrews chapter 5, that uh, he'll never leave us nor forsake us. We're glad he's with us. We got the Bible on it. We rely on it. And thank God that's okay because it's true. But the verse here says, the verse here said, uh, what I just read, uh, if I can find it, uh, and they that are with him. Sometimes I wonder if we're really with him as much as we count on him being with us. Sometimes we get a little backwards, a little out of, out of uh, context. Revelation 19 and verse 16 says this, and it's repetition. The Bible teaches by repetition. Uh, Revelation 19, 16 says, And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written. Now here's where it says King of Kings and Lord of Lords. It's all caps. I don't know about you. I like that kind of stuff. Those are little details that I like. I got thinking about this. This is kind of a stretch. And stop the clock while I say this. No, I'm kidding. Um, it, Jesus Christ is wearing a vest with the, it's like colors. I mean, it's like maybe that's where the bike gate. Okay, forget that part. Let's go on. That's it. Listen, I'm telling you that he's got the right to be on the throne of your life if you're a child of God, and if you're ever going to do anything for God, it's absolutely imperative that it be that way. Amen. Amen. Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. Okay, that's basic. I get that. 
But I, so I got a couple of things I want to warn you about. There are other things, many other things that covet that position. If you don't keep a guard on your heart, they'll sneak on up there to the throne. Amen. And uh, one, uh, let's remember Lucifer. It says in Isaiah 14, in verse 13, it says, For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God, I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. Boy, he was going to town talking about he was going to do I, 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 five times, number of death. Didn't work out so well for him there because when he got done uh, running his mouth, the Lord said real simply in verse 15, yet thou shalt be brought down to hell uh, uh, to the sides of the pit. And so he's not going to get God thrown, but I'll tell you what, the God of this world, small g, however, uh, he'll settle for the throne of your life. Amen. He'll sneak up there. Now I say, well, I would never. You got to remember something about the devil. He's subtle. All right. That's Bible. And it says this in Romans chapter six and verse 12. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that uh, you should obey it in the lust thereof. And let me tell you something. You give in. You can be saved, secure, rightly divided. You give in to the lust of the flesh. You, you won't even realize who's really calling the shots in your life. The greatest deception is to think that, that you are. Because it's either him or him. You hear me? This is a shout message. I'm waiting any minute now. Hey, not really, not really. All right, now, so uh, you don't want the devil on the throne of your life. And like I say, in his deception, it, 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 it'll be re he'll be represented by you, like preacher said today, you doing, bless God, I've got liberty, and I can do whatever I want. I've heard it quoted over in, uh, let me see, first, second Corinthians 3, uh, I have liberty. The Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. You come shove your rules and your standards and your conviction down my throat. I'm free, for by grace and safe through faith, I have liberty. And I've heard that spouted in the context, like as a child of God, forgiven child of God, I got liberty to do what I want to do. That can't possibly be what that's talking about. You know why? That's what lost people do. That's what I did before I got saved. I did whatever I wanted to do, whatever I could get away with. And I got away with a few things. And I got busted a few times, too. Thank God for that last time, boy. Amen. But what you get, the Bible said again, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. And the liberty that comes with being a child of God with the Lord on the throne of your life is the ability to do what you could not do before. And that's live for God. And it's still hard for a child of God. That's why we need preaching. It ain't automatic. I wish it was. Amen. I know in my own life, I just tell you, some of these guys were in, 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 over at Charity 30 plus years ago when I walked in right out of the jail. Amen. I'm no more saved now than I was then. But I'll tell you right now, I would have thought 33 years later, I'd be a lot more spiritual than I am right now. And I wake up with this stinking flesh going to town and fighting battles that I would have thought wouldn't be battles. 
That's what happens when you let your guard down and you learn a little bit, you accomplish a few things, and boy, then, uh, then you'll find out who's really in charge. And it needs to be the Lord. Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. There's some good things that if you're not careful, they'll move up into the throne room. They'll move up into the heart throne of your life. One is family. Family is so important. Family's Bible. Amen. But let me tell you something. The worst thing you could ever do for your family is put it before God. I mean, the best thing you could ever do for, uh, uh, for your family is to make sure that he's on the throne of your life. Amen. And uh, that's the best thing you can ever do is to make sure that he occupies the rightful place in, in your life. So you're talking about the husband. Yes. And the wife and the kids. And the best thing can happen for any family is for everybody to get a hold of this thing, not just be saved, not just pack their Bible around, but I'm talking about to make a concentrated desire to make sure that the Lord God is on the throne of your heart. And that's how it gets done. Amen. Let I me mean, tell you something. Careers are important. Amen. I remember I got, I was kind of a, I don't want to go into all that, but I didn't really have a marketable skill at 38 years old. So when I got saved and the federal judge told the PO that I had to get a job and I really wasn't good at anything, I went to an altar and I said, Lord, now we both know I got to get a job and me and you both know everything I'm good at illegal. Amen. But I'll work for you if you'll let me. Thank God he let me. Amen. You know what? Let me tell you something. There are men in there that I know that, are, that have a cleaner testimony, a better brain, not dealing with some of the garbage that I got to deal with that I wouldn't wish on anybody. Uh, guys that could really do something for God, but they're too good at too many other things and they won't surrender and they won't sell out. It's an advantage to me that I was I wasn't good at nothing. I wasn't good for nothing. I gave him my sin in a jail cell and my life on an altar. Amen. Amen. So job's not going to threaten me. Amen. But you better be careful uh, about letting it uh, come before God in your life. Let me give you a reason. A verse, Mark 4 and 19, verse 19 says this, And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lusts of other things entering in. Choke the word and become unfruitful. And beloved, I'm telling you something tonight. The last thing you want is for the word of God to become unfruitful in your life. You don't want that. And I tell you, I know people that work, praise the Lord for them, and then they work more, and then they're working overtime, and then they're working a second job, and then they're not in church Sunday night or Wednesday night, and they're not participating because they go to work. It's good to work, especially for a Baptist. If you don't work, you shouldn't eat. So they work uh, to make more money than they need, and they let that thing, deceitfulness of riches, come before God. Yeah. All right. How many minutes do I got left? Yeah, one minute. Oh, no, that's impossible. I bet I can. Yeah, what happened to that? I bet I can preach louder than that bell. All right, last thing, last thing, last of all, heroes. You know what? I'm glad to be an American. I don't apologize for that one bit. I know our country's a mess, and I know who's going to straighten it out. But American history is full of men and women uh, who've made the ultimate sacrifice. Amen. Our history, our military history is rich. Amen. But the world has its heroes, too. But you got to realize something. Most of the world's heroes 
uh, maybe all of them, uh, uh, it, it's all about this right here. Uh, people make heroes out of movie stars. You do realize they're actors, right? They're actors. And uh, a couple years ago, they had to go to making movies about comic books from the 50s and the 60s because that's how uncreative they were. That's the only thing. That's the only way they can keep away from talking about queers all the time. They started making movies about Iron Man and stuff like that. And then even that fizzled out. Amen. And uh, so now they tell me, I don't know, but the biggest, uh, 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 what do they call it, money-making movie last year was, or this year was Barbie. Seriously, the comic book didn't work. Now they're making movies on action. What? <laughs> I rented a car in Los Angeles a couple months ago, and it was Halloween weekend, and I went, preacher dropped me off. You know, uh, dropped me off. Thank you. I got a minute. Uh, dropped me off to, uh, to uh, pick up the car, and the room is pink. The walls are pink. The balloons are pink. The streamers are pink. Everybody in there is pink. Amen, wearing pink. And I got, I was hoping it was Breast Cancer Awareness Month because it was too pink for this kid. I said, I can't go in there. Amen. And Steve never did. He never did it, but he took pictures of me in there from, because it was Halloween. So it was Barbie. Barbie? Are you kidding? This world has heroes. They make heroes out of musicians. Taylor Swift. I mean, is she running for president? She's in the news more than anybody else. Taylor Swift, musicians. Again, she's a billionaire. Yeah, I, she ain't out there singing for free. She ain't doing what she's doing to make you happy. She's making herself happy. Athletes, athletes. Didn't some guy just get signed with a $700 million contract? <laughs> That'd be the worst thing that ever happened to me. <clears throat> this world has heroes. I'm glad we got heroes. You heard about a couple of them today. Dr. Ruckman's one of mine. Dr. Eastep's one of mine. Brother Jack Wood, boy, he was a hero. These guys that stood by the stuff and didn't apologize. Let me tell you, in real life, in life, I guess, my father was my hero. Amen. And I stood over his flag-draped coffin and preached his funeral, World War II vet. But in the Lord, Brother Mike Constein is my hero. And that's a wounded Vietnam vet that, that, that lived for God from a wheelchair for 28 years. And uh, some of you were there. The, the most memorable watch night service I've ever been in my life, and I've been in a lot of them, was that night over 1997 over in Charity when they honored Brother Mike when he was dying of Lou Gehrig's disease and, and they fired the bagpipes up and the back doors opened up the church and in come the medic that saved his life in Vietnam. Boy, I'll tell you what, I'm glad I didn't miss that. We have heroes. I thank God for those men that have gone on and finished their course. I, I thank the Lord for, for the men and women that are still holding fast in this day and age. And a bunch of you are here tonight. But I want to warn you about something. You better be careful. Worst thing you can ever do to these preachers and these, some of these Christians is to let them onto the throne of your life because God is a jealous God. You've got to keep these things in perspective. Amen. Sanctify the Lord God in your heart. If you're ever going to be a vessel, meat, for the master's use, isn't that what you want? Then you're going to have to do what we said. Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. There. You got a list, huh? I've been on lists before. They were always bad. Bad lists. The passing of the... Now you're supposed to 